Father, as we go into this, as we are walking this Christmas season, we celebrate that your son came to be with us upon this earth. Now touch us today and guide us today for the glory and the honor of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you have your Bibles with you today, open them up with me to uh, Luke Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Uh, overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived, and this is the sixth month with her who, has been, who, has been, who, has, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, we thank you today for your goodness to us. <clears throat> this great, amazing story of your intervention on this earth. Father, feed us today. Strengthen our faith today. Give us assurance in our hearts today. Call us to you today. Be Emmanuel with us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. A little quiz today, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm going to start off with an easy one. How many of you know who George W. Bush is? Raise your hand if you know who George W. Bush is. I, I hope all of you can raise your hand. For that. Now, here's, here's an easy question. Who was his mother? There you go. See, easy, easy, right? How many of you know who... George Washington was. Okay, who was his mother? I hear a lot of rumbling. Mary Ball Washington. Okay, we live in the land of? How many of you know who Abraham Lincoln was? Who was his mother? Nancy Hanks Lincoln. Okay, let's get spiritual here. Who was the mother of Moses? How many of you know who that is? A couple of you. Jochebed. Okay. Now, how many of you know who Jesus is? <laughs> who was the mother of Jesus? Mary. See, now, Mary is the most well-known mother in all the world, don't you think? Absolutely. So think about this. Gabriel, one of the chief 
angels, one of the archangels of God, shows up at this very unlikely place, shows up at Nazareth, shows up where Mary's at, and announces to this young, poverty-stricken, just-getting-by young lady, young girl, this tremendous news, this young, poor Jewish girl, this girl who's betrothed to Joseph but not yet married, not a very likely person to become famous, not a very likely person to become the most well-known mother in the world, not a person that the world would have seen as important or as having much potential, but always remember, God sees differently than the world sees. And Gabriel tells her that God has a special plan for her life. That this girl in this obscure place on the map, a place that today, if it wasn't for these events, we wouldn't even, probably wouldn't know much about that she's going to give birth to the son, of, the son of God, a young girl giving birth is not an unusual thing. However, this is a very unusual thing. An unmarried girl, in, this day, in, the, in her day, this could be a dangerous thing. She could be stoned to death for being pregnant and unmarried. The man that she was going to marry is most likely going to bail on her. I mean, who's going to believe her story? Think about it. Put yourself in the shoes of her parents or the shoes of her community. Who's going to buy this story that God, that an angel has shown up and that God has come and visited, visited with her? She's not going to get a bunch of likes on her social media accounts, friends. Her young girlfriend's not going to run up to her and say, we're, congratulations, we're so excited for you. No one is going to give her a baby shower. No, what's going to happen is there's going to be gossip. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be trouble. And she's going to be alone. Just a, a note as we think about this. Uh, many times, God's honoring of us is going to bring a world of trouble to us. To confirm this message, she, uh, <clears throat> she, she, the angel tells her that her older relative has he's been married but without child is now going to have a child. This is most likely news to Mary at this point in time. Now, we have no idea how the event actually took place. What we know is that the Holy Spirit is going to come and hover over her, much like in, the, in the, the wording in Genesis where the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth and God spoke the worlds into existence. We don't know if she knew the moment it happened or had no idea when it happened, we don't know any of that. What we do know is that almost immediately after this event with the angel, she headed off to see her relative, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is now six months along carrying 
John the Baptist in her womb, but has no idea about Mary. But the second Mary enters her home, the Bible tells us John leaps in her womb, and Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit and prophesies. This is what it says. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In a moment, God confirms to Mary again the message of the angel, this prophetic proclamation. Now, what lessons can we learn about the glory of God and God's moving upon mankind? Let me, let me point out a couple of things to you. Mary, the scripture said, was favored by God. We know that God loves all mankind. His love is steadfast. But we also need to understand that the character of our heart determines our relationship with God. We skip over these passages at times that tell us that God hates the wicked but loves the righteous. Somehow or another, Mary has found special favor with God and was given a special work in his kingdom. Right, while Mary is with Elizabeth, she would begin to prophesy, and the words are recorded in Luke chapter 1, where it says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. It's a great passage to look at and to see the heart and the attitude of Mary and why she would be someone who would be favored from God. She was right about being honored in all generations and future generations. She would be called blessed. But in that moment, in that moment, that wasn't necessarily the case. Many times, when God puts his hand on you in the present, there's rejection. The future is a different picture. But if you come into this place hoping that you or your kids or uh, your family will be really popular and the world will love you and they'll always want to embrace them and you want them to to be able to get along in the world they live in and you want to be able to fit in with the world that you're living in. If you're looking to fit in and getting along with the world, Christianity's probably not for you. Most of the time, the kingdom of this world will reject the work of the kingdom of God. They'll despise the work of the kingdom of God. 
It's a part of the spirit that's alive in the world itself that wants to turn us from the things of God. Mary would face this at almost every level. Elizabeth would know the truth, but Joseph wouldn't believe her at first. It would take another intervention from God for Joseph to get on board. And who could blame him? The lesson is that the calling of God leaves us blessed by God, but many times, leaves the, many times the world shows us rejection. There's two quick lessons I want you to capture out of this. Lesson number one is this. God does have favorites. God does have favorites. The good news is you can be one of his favorites because it's all about our character and whether we want to live a life pleasing to him or not. When you think about it, it's, oh, pastor, he loves everybody. Yes, he does. He loves everybody. He wants the best for all of us. But David was a man after his own heart. M- Moses was a man set apart by God. John was the beloved of the disciples. You can determine your relationship and how favored you are and how blessed you are by the way you choose to live your life towards God. By how important he is to you. By how humble you are before him and how much you put your dependency upon him. And lesson number two here is God's calling is not without trouble. When you get the calling of God in your life, don't expect everything's going to go smoothly. When you begin to fulfill the calling of God, there's going to be trouble. Why? Because you're running head first into the will against the will of the enemy who's trying to destroy mankind. And the enemy's going to stir things against you. Mary had to know that this was not going to be easy. But here's the question. Can anyone have the favor of God? And the answer is yes. But it comes from living by God's expectations. A seeing him and knowing him, fearing him, honoring him, being humble before him. Now what was so special about Mary? The scripture doesn't give us a lot of information. But we can see something in this story if we want to live in the favor of God. But first, let's take a minute and talk about what's about to happen to her. The angel tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to hover over her and life was going to be birthed where there was no natural life. A barren womb, an unseated womb, was going to be seated by the intervention of God. And the lesson that we capture in this is that God can bring life where there is no natural life. God can move in things that are barren in the very moment. This gives hope to every person who has a calling of God upon their life. They see some place where there is no life. They see something where the Holy Spirit has not yet moved. They see something where life needs to grow. And they realize they can't make it grow in any of their natural ability. 
But God can speak and life can come. This gives great hope to those of us who have loved ones who are far from God, where today there is no life of God in them, where today there's no interest of God for God in them, where today they may be angry with the, with the church and angry with God, and as you look into their eyes and as you talk to them in the moment, there's no interest and no concern about the things of God. But listen, friend, the Spirit of God can hover over them. The Spirit of God can move in their life. The Spirit of God can touch what your argument can't touch. The Spirit of God can move where your power cannot move. The Spirit of God can convince what you cannot convince. Our role is to be obedient to God and to pray, God, move in their life. This gives great hope to us who are concerned about a godless, the godlessness in our generation where it seems like the tide of the day rolls against godliness, where it seems like it would be it's an overwhelming push for mankind to embrace what the Bible says is ungodly and there seems to be death in the very life and the very words that the people of our generation speak. But listen, where there is no life, the Holy Spirit can plant an eternal seed and life can come if there will be people who will be humble before God and trust him and serve him. In the days of creation, the Spirit hovered over the barrenness of, this, of, of, all, of all things, the emptiness of all things, and he spoke worlds into existence. In the days of Elizabeth, God spoke to a barren womb and life came. In the days of Mary, God spoke to a virgin womb and life came to a virgin womb. On the day of Pentecost, God, God spoke to a frightened people and tongues of fire hovered over men and the spirit of the power of God came into their life and where there was sorrow and death and emptiness and fear, there came boldness and life and the power of God. And in the days of skepticism and selfishness, God can still speak to nations and awakenings can come. The question is, will we trust God's word? The movement of God comes with the prayers and the needs of mankind. God goes where there is barrenness and he brings life. And in this moment, friend, mankind needed a savior and God had a servant. Will he have one today? Here's a couple of lessons. God has a work for all his people to do. God had a special work for Mary. But God has a special work for you. We're told that when the Spirit of God comes upon us, that when we're born again, each and every one of us are given a manifestation, a gift of the Spirit to use for the common good of others. Every one of us. The question is, are we willing to be used? Not if God will give the gift, he will certainly give it. But will I use it? Will I take my time? Will I take my resources? Will I use my efforts to pour into the lives of others?
The next lesson is what seems impossible to man is possible with God. Whatever you're facing today in this world that seems impossible to you, it's not impossible to God. Mary reveals the attitude of the favored. What did she say? In Luke chapter 1, she says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed for her. Mary didn't reply like Zacharias. Zacharias looked and said, uh, How do I know this is going to really happen? And he got to go around, you know, mute for a few months. Mary, her tact was completely different. Her vision was completely different. I don't understand this. I don't understand how it's going to happen. How is this going to be? But may it be unto me, as the Lord has said. May it be unto me. She trusted the message. Trusting God's message was going to be costly to her. She didn't know what all it may cost. She didn't, but she didn't worry about Joseph. She didn't worry about the community and how they were going to receive her. She didn't worry about her family or what they were going to say. She didn't worry about any of those other things. When she heard the word of God spoken to her, her words were very simple. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. I am a servant of God. Do you trust the message of God? Do you trust what the word of God says? Do you let it speak to you and tell you the way you should live? Do you look at it and say, if that's the way it's supposed to be, that's the way I'm going to live my life? The Lord has sent a message, and her reply was simple. Let it be to me according to your word. When you come to this point with God, when you decide with God, God, according to your word, let it be unto me. Whatever you want for my life, that's what I want. Whatever you desire for my life, that's what I desire. The things you want me to chase after, that's what I'm going to chase after. The things you want me to turn my back on, I'm going to turn my back on those things. The things you want me to believe and trust you for, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust you in them. I'm not going to trust my own logic, my own thinking. I'm going to trust you. Let it be unto me because I am your servant. When you are fully surrendered to God's will, that's when the Holy Spirit can move through you and bring life to barrenness. That's when God can move. Is there death in your life where there should be life? Is there a stronghold in your life that hasn't been broken that should be broken? Are there people in your life that should be followers of Christ but their eyes are blinded? Is there death where there should be life? Is there darkness where there should be light? Revelation is missing and darkness reigns. Have you begun to say to God yet, God, you planted me in the middle of this place. You've put me here surrounded by people where there should be life, but there's death. You've put me in a time and a generation when there is darkness and there should be light. God, I am your servant. Do with me as you will. It won't always be easy. But friends, the day's going to come 
when the honor of God will be on your life. Mary didn't come to the favor of God, uh, didn't, didn't come to the favor of God the day of the calling. Mary had the favor of God because she was already a servant of God. It didn't change on that day. She was already there. Just the calling became different on that day. So what are we to do? I'll tell you a couple things. In your appointment with God, commit yourself to being his servant. Get along with God every day in your appointment with him. When you open up that time of prayer, instead of just going into the list of 25 things that you want, begin to say, God, what do you want? God, I recognize you know all things. You know the beginning from the end, and I surrender my heart and my will to you. Is there anything in me where I am not walking as your servant? Is there anything in me where I'm carrying the old me instead of the the new creation you meant for me to be? Is there anything you want me to be a part of that I'm not a part of? God, I surrender me to you. I'm your servant. Let it be unto me as you will. In your calling, do you know what your calling is for? Have you discovered your calling? Have you discovered the unique gifts that God has, for, that God has in you? Do you recognize the passions, the concerns, the things that God has planted in you and the abilities God has given you to be in a place to make a difference? And if you have... Have you begun to lean on his spirit to get the work done? Have you, have you recognized your calling? If you're a member of the choir, do you know why you're a member of the choir? Is it just because you can sing a little bit? Or is there more to it than that? If you're a teacher, do you know why you're a teacher? Is it just because you like kids and you want to hang around with kids? And, or, or, or do you know there's more to it than that? If you're a small group leader, is it just because you like to... You know, you like to be hospitable and have people into your home? Or have you discovered the fullness of the calling for your life? Have you discovered that? Have you discovered the eternal inside of the moment of how God wants to use you? Begin to look for that. And friends, are you inviting the Holy Spirit to plant eternal seed through your life to be used of him to bless others. See, the glory of God moves through us when we are surrendered to him. The way Mary has been blessed from generation to generation, the way she's become the most famous mother of all starts with a humble heart before God that says, whatever you want out of me, whatever your choice is for me, that's my choice. That's what I want to be. Have you gotten there yet? Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, we, we're so, we, we know that you pick people for the character of their heart. Not for the position, not for the name, not for the, 
Father, the wealth or the pedigree. But you looked down in the hearts of people. You looked down and you saw this young woman who was your humble servant and would receive the work that you had for her to do. And Lord, you'll do that for every one of us. We know you have a work for each one of us, a purpose for each and every life. And today, Father, we pray that you would speak to us about being a people who humbly and wholly surrender our lives to you. Father, we're thankful that your son Jesus came upon this earth gave his life on Calvary paid the price for our sin and our rebellion that we can have a right relationship with you now and for eternity and Lord I just pray that around this room today that we would be a people surrendered Surrender to your wisdom, surrender to your will, surrender to your calling. And that, Father, the enemy wouldn't be able to tell any person here they're not enough. You make us enough. Let not one person here, Father, feel like they are too far lost. Your son came all the way here to rescue us. So, Lord, whatever, the enemy, whatever lie of the enemy that would be set in people's minds today, we pray you'd set us free. We humbly put our hearts before you. Ask you to rescue us and move in our life. In Jesus' name. As every head remains bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Are you sure your heart's right with God? Have you surrendered your heart to him to be your Lord and your Savior? Jesus came to this earth not just to show up and to you know, show off some miracles. He came to seek and save the lost. And all of us are in that camp. Every one of us are in that camp until we come to him. Have you come to him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Just say, Pastor, I want to do that today. I, I want to put my faith in Jesus today. Just raise your hand right now wherever you're at and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm waiting here just a moment to look around this room. Will you raise your hand and say, pray for me today? Oh, bless the Lord. Lord, we love you today and we magnify you today. We pray God bless you. I need you today. You'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. I want my heart to be wholly surrendered to him. Father, you know the condition of every heart in this room. You know every life. And Father, if there's one among us that's not wholly surrendered to you. Father, that is not living in the right place with you, we pray you convict our hearts and draw us to you. Now, Lord, we know in our community we are surrounded by people where there's no life. The seed needs to be planted in their heart. And you take us and you call us to do that work. I pray, Lord, you'd help us I pray you'd speak to us. I pray you'd challenge us and plant a burden in our hearts for the lost.
that, Father, would send us out into this community to be your witness, we pray. Boldness where there is fear, courage and strength and wisdom to be your witness to those who are far from you and let no man be deceived in Jesus' name. But let all men come to the knowledge of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down to the front today right now. We do this every Sunday, almost every Sunday. We have a time of prayer. And we're going to take a few moments and worship the Lord. And here's my challenge to you today. As we take these next few moments and as we sing, Dan's going to lead us in a few songs. As we take these moments and, and worship, just ask the Lord, Lord, am I totally surrendered to you? Is there any place in my life? Is there any action in my life where I'm not following you wholeheartedly? Am I a person who's totally surrendered? Let him speak to you today. Seek him. He'll speak to you today. If you have any other need, if you have a physical need, another concern, you have an addiction that's holding onto your body and onto your mind, onto your heart, you got something else going on where you just need the direction of God, come down and let one of our prayer teams pray for you today. God changes things as we pray. Amen? Amen. Are you glad that God is faithful to us? Amen. Let's worship Him for a few minutes. And you come right now if you want somebody to pray with you. But seek Him today.